free. And so I know it feels like we, we were down. We were brought down. But the Lord can lift us up, and he does each and every day. And right now, instead of us having, uh, being weary, we know in whom we have believed. We know who the healer is. We know the Savior. So tonight, as we begin to, to worship him, I want us to worship him with everything that's within us because he's worthy of all of our praise. He's so worthy of all of our praise. I'm so thankful this entire week. It's just been rolling over and over in my mind. Lord, where would I be? Where would I be without you? If you hadn't, Lord, given your son for me, where would I be? Just so grateful. I think as a whole, all of humanity has lost its gratefulness it's gratitude and I just want to I just want to thank the Lord I just want to worship him I just want to praise him not for what he's done but for who he is he's my everything amen and I know he is to you too but I just want you to purpose in your heart tonight to lift up holy hands to worship the Creator in spirit and in truth to lay aside every distraction to not let the cares of this life come in and and hold us back but we're going to worship him tonight for who he truly is our everything heavenly father i thank you lord i thank you for your sweet holy spirit that's in this house tonight lord i know that you've come to do what only you can do lord and let not one of us be a hindrance lord but let us right now at this very moment begin to invite you in lord to have your way in and through this service lord oh it's not about our agenda our schedule lord we're just asking you to come Oh, just to come into this house tonight, to invade this place with your Holy Spirit. Oh, that you would just sweep over each and every one of us from right to left, front to back, Lord. That not one of us would not feel you tonight, Lord. That we would all be changed through the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
Every time uh, I hear that song or sing that song, I think about hearing the sound of the abundance of rain. But not being just satisfied with hearing the sound, but being desperate enough to run up again and again and again and again to see that cloud the size of a hand. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm desperate for more of him. I desire for him to open the floodgates of heaven. Do we realize that we can receive every benefit of Calvary? But I believe sometimes we may limit what he's pouring out. He's going to pour out, but we limit what we receive by how we respond. I know it's Wednesday. I know you're probably tired. You've been having a long day at work or whatever. You've got to get up and go to work tomorrow. But I want to tell you something. God's in control and, and He's here tonight to move on your behalf. He's here to pour out into you. And, and I know that some of us may have come in with a heavy heart. or I have one. But God's able. He's able. So I want to take just a few moments to just worship Him. Whether you want to come here, to ch- I don't care where, but worship Him. Ever since Monday night, this just kept going through my head over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And, over. and uh, I don't know if Israel said, I heard Israel say it, but I don't know if he came up with it, but I'm going to give him credit. Somebody asked him about his day and said, how can you have a bad day when you know the man who gave his life for you? Regardless of what's going on in life, and, and it's, it's real, and it's, it's, in some cases it's awful, but the Lord still reigns. He still reigns and He's still there. So this not this morning, tonight. I want you just to take a moment and worship as they sing one more time. And just receive all He has for you tonight. Go ahead if you will.
people. The wind, when he causes it to blow, the trees will bow. The fields will wave. God is, he knows what he's doing. Tonight, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I expected this tonight. I didn't make it happen. I expected it to happen. Because God is that good. He's that good. I, uh, I want you to, tonight as we we'll go our separate ways, and I know that it's a little bit later, but... Uh, may have to teach fast or whatever you may have to do. <laughs> so, uh, I'm believing for more. I'm believing for more. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you, Lord, for your reign. Lord, and I'm not limiting you. I'm asking for more. God, for the outpour, for the deluge of your spirit, Father God. Lord, that you would continue to use us, move us, speak to us. And Lord, you always are, but I pray that we would respond. We would hear you. We wouldn't be afraid. We wouldn't worry. Lord, that we wouldn't doubt you. Lord, the the way that you make is always perfect. And I pray that we walk in it. Lord, I ask for your anointing, Lord, tonight to teach, to preach, to rightfully divide your word. I ask that you would anoint our ear to hear and our heart to receive. Lord, those that are going to be teaching in the back, Lord, the kids and the youth. Lord, I pray that you continue to move in those areas as well. Lord, that it not just be another Wednesday night, but God, let every single person in this place be changed tonight. Lord, those that are viewing, let them begin to just have already, I'm sure they experience you, Lord, but let them be changed tonight. Lord, we thank you. We give you the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can go your ways, whichever ways you go. For those of you who have never been here and always just see us over the, the thing, all the kids don't disappear into a magical room. Our church goes about another 150 feet or so that way, uh, but it's a great time. Tonight, as you're in here, I'm going to do something that I haven't done. I've pre- I've been, well, not that I haven't preached before or taught before. Summer is mashing bobber bottles. <laughs> Uh, I am going to continue uh, with Summer's teaching in the book of Mark, and uh, she's, I asked her, I said, you want me to, she said, but you just won't finish. I said, well, I will pick up, i tell you what, I'll pick up where you left off. Uh, actually, I'm going to pick up one verse before, I'm going to start in verse 32, going to read through verse 41. I was going to try to cram all of it in, and there's just no way. I told her last night I got home, actually early this morning I got home, I said, this is like an information overload. I find it absolutely astounding, just uh, uh, amazing when I begin to study the Word of God and, and how full I am uh, and how, how long you can spend on just a very small portion and it just floods your soul with joy. But p- picking up in verse 32 um, of chapter 15, it says, Uh, Let Christ the King descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe. And they who were crucified with him reviled him. And when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, 
Lama Sabachthani, and I, I don't know if I said that right or not, but it sounded good to me. Which is being interpreted, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of them who stood by, when they heard it, said, Behold, he calls Elijah. And one ran and filled the sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink, saying, Let alone us, let, uh, let alone, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. Jesus cried with a loud voice, and he gave up the ghost, and the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. And when the centurion which stood over against him saw uh, that, he so cried out and gave up the ghost and said, Truly this man was the Son of God. There were also women looking afar off, and uh, among whom was Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Jesus, the less, of, uh, the, the less and of Joseph and Salome, who also, when, when he was in Galilee, followed him and ministered unto him, and many other women which came up with him unto Jerusalem. Now you may find it ironic that we're talking about the death of Jesus when we just celebrated Easter. Uh, we just read the portion of Scripture where everything was one. <laughs> That'll make you want to shout. Every was one. What was one? Your victory, your healing, your deliverance, your redemption. Everything was one. Why? Because everything was defeated. <laughs> I know it was a Wednesday, but my God. I mean, we could go home right now. This is not just a portion of Scripture. It's not just a text of Scripture. It's not just a, a category of the Scripture. We're talking about victory in the house tonight. There was beauty in death. Death brought life. Life, why? So that we could live eternally with Christ. We, we, could, we could have a way in. And, and I'm not, we're going to get there. <coughs> Maybe. Um, let Christ, the King of Israel, in verse 32. It was said in a mockery. They were mocking Jesus. They, uh, come down. Save yourself, in other words. Come down off the cross. Let him, let him bring himself. Let him deliver himself. Even those that were hanging on the crosses beside him reviled him. It was such a crazy thing, those that were hanging there would mock him as well. But don't you know just how good God is and just how powerful he is? And when he looked over and before, we, before it was all said and done, one that was mocking was worshiping. One that was reviling and one that was poking fun and making fun. Jesus opened not his mouth and still loved him even while yet he was a sinner. My God. Boy, that rain hit me, I can tell you right now. <laughs> they, listen, these people didn't believe Jesus. They didn't believe who he was. And I still believe that today the church is full of people who don't believe who Jesus is. They like what Jesus offers. They like what is, is accompanies Jesus. But they don't believe who Jesus is. Because if we truly believed who he was, then we would worship a little bit different. Then we would carry ourselves a little bit different. Then we would take things to him in a different manner. Because we have to understand that I'm in the presence of the one who redeemed me. I'm in the presence of the one who saved me. I'm in the presence of the one who healed me. I'm in the very presence of the one who has the ability to save the lost, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to open blinded eyes. I have the privilege to call on his name, and that name is Jesus. Mm -mm -mm. 
Just, just think about who was there. Think about who, who witnessed all of this. These folks had seen him open blinded eyes, but they wouldn't believe. They seen him instantly cleanse the lepers, but they still wouldn't believe. They seen him raise the dead, and still they wouldn't believe. There was nothing that God could have done that would have brought them to that place of faith. What is our excuse? We've seen him do the miraculous in our own life. What do you mean? I'm talking about the moment you said yes and your hardened heart was softened, that your name was transferred and was written down in the Lamb's book of life, that you were brought from death to life, that he pulled you out of the miry clay, he placed your feet upon a rock, he established your goings. I'm talking about the moment that all heaven began to rejoice because your name was written down in the Lamb's book of life. That's what I'm talking about. So what is our excuse to not truly believe? It says, and they, were, they who were crucified, again, they reviled him, and, and it was again, they were mocking him. And, but before the, that day was over, he, one of those would accept Christ as his Savior. Remember me. What drew him to that? What, what would have drawn him to that place? And I, this is questions I ask myself. You were mocking him. You were, you were making fun. You were taking and joining in the crowd. And you yourself were going to die. What would have drawn him to that place? Could it be the love that should constrain us? The love of Christ? The working of the Holy Spirit? Him looking over and seeing him open not his mouth? And him asking for the Father to forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Because you and I wouldn't do that. No way would we do that. We say we would. I'm not going to go there, but I just don't think we would. But then we come to verse 33, and, 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 and I may, we might get this in. We'll see. And when the sixth hour was come, it denoted it was 12 noon, and, and Jesus had now been on the cross for three hours, and I can't imagine the agony that he was in, the convulsions in his body, the pain, the suffering that he was enduring, and that it was, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And it records this beginning at noon and ending at 3 p.m., and this supernatural darkness... For, for that's what it was. It was a supernatural darkness because you have to understand that Passover was on the horizon, that there was a full moon, that, that, that an eclipse cannot happen with a full moon. It's impossible. Impossible. So this was a supernatural event, and I don't know how far the effects were felt. I don't know, but I can imagine somebody that was not there in the, uh, the uh, direct vicinity, that wasn't there physically witnessing this, but I can imagine them in their, in their garden or out on their lawn or sitting out in the, in the pasture, and all of a sudden the darkness fell over the earth. And I think, and I tend to feel, and that's not scriptural, and I didn't get it from any commentary, but this is just me, and I think, man, God, the light of the world, pulled away from, from just for a while. Why? Because he couldn't look on sin. He couldn't. Even in his own son, even in the provision that he made, he could not look. He couldn't witness that. He couldn't see that. And, and, and I can't imagine how Christ felt hanging there 
in the darkness. But I, I also can imagine Christ knowing in his mind, knowing within him that darkness has come, that they're going to put me in a tomb that's dark, but praise God, the stone's going to be rolled away because it can't hold me because I'm getting ready to defeat every devil in hell that has tried to destroy not only me, but all those around me and those who will come. I'm getting ready to win your victory. We all preach this on a Sunday morning. Some have said God has maybe pulled the blinds of the earth of the earth at this time so that neither he nor anyone else would have to look at his son bearing the penalty of sin of the world. In 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21 it says, For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made as righteousness of God in him. He bore it. He, 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 he was sinless. He bore the sin. Why? So you and I, because you and I couldn't, so that you and I could live eternally with him. It was, it was, this, it was, it was at this hour he became the burnt offering of Leviticus chapter 1 and the sin offering of Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 4. And even then, you know, with all nature convulsing, darkness covering the land, an earthquake causing it to tremble, and even the Roman centurion saying truly, this man is the Son of God. The religious leaders of Israel still wouldn't believe. Still wouldn't. During this three-hour period when darkness covered that part of the world, if not the whole earth, he bore the sin penalty of mankind, which the heavenly Father could not look. We find that in Habakkuk 1 and 13, and, in, and you can also read about it in and, uh, or 3.13, there it is, but uh, 1.13 and 3.13, but you can read about that and learn about it. It was prophesied and it was told of. And at the ninth hour, talking about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, if you want to look at it that way, which is the time it stated in the evening, it was the time of the evening sacrifice, it was also the time of the Passover lamb to be killed. God doesn't do anything by accident, and everything he does is absolutely amazing. It wasn't by coincidence. <laughs> that phrase that Jesus cried out with a loud voice. I don't know if you've ever been around anyone who is on their way out the door to say, per se. I, I, I don't really know what way to say it. Uh, if they're saved, they're on their way to their new, new heavenly home. But the voice is typically the first thing to go because they're weak. But this says, look, this says that he cried with a loud voice. Well, what are you talking about? What does that matter? What does that mean? It means that the torturing didn't kill him. That the beating didn't kill him. That the mocking didn't kill him. That it didn't take away his strength. It didn't take away his power. The cross was not an assassination. It was a sacrifice. Willingly willingly and he cried out my god my god why hast thou forsaken me it was a 
sacrifice again. He, he, he sacrificed his life on purpose. He laid it down. In fact, the Holy Spirit told him exactly when he could do it. You read in Hebrews 9 and verse 14, and it talks about that. And I don't know if I gave you that scripture, but if you want to write it down and look at it, the Holy Spirit told him when. And we understand it was so important that he be led with, uh, with the, with, by the Spirit and through the Spirit. So the death of Christ, again, wasn't a sacrifice. It, wasn't an execu- it was a sacrifice. It wasn't an execution or an assassination. He gave himself up willingly. So the question uh, is, is uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's taken from the... From the uh, 22nd Psalm, verse 1. And, and, and he recites, some say, some commentators say that he recited the whole psalm. I wasn't there. I don't know. Uh, they don't know either. Uh, just my opinion. But why would, why would he say this? He said this because he knew who was there witnessing what was going on. He knew that there were scholars amongst him. He knew that there were scribes amongst him. He knew that there was people who understood what he was saying. And it may have just intrigued them to go back and, and look at what had happened and realize he is who he says he is. This man is the real deal. Was Jesus actually forsaken by God? In a sense, yes, for, for, for several hours. God the Father couldn't look upon him while he was bearing the sin penalty of the world. And the moment he died, he said in John 19 and 30, the very three most powerful words that you could imagine, it is finished. He said, it is finished. Then he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Here's the point. If God had forsaken him in totality, like many would say he did, then Christ could not have commended his spirit into his hand. Christ wouldn't have been able to commit himself to the Father when he died. His doing this shows that God had turned his back on him, so to speak, only for a short while. Actually, again, about three hours. But during that time, God judged man's sin, which was upon him, but he also personally judged Christ. Why? Because he's not a respecter of persons. He's not. The sentence of death rested on on man personally because why of the sinful nature and because of of their sinful actions but Christ would redeem him redeem mankind from this doom from this penalty per se and and but if he was going to do that he must suffer it himself he must suffer it himself why because that's what it took he himself Christ was sinless, and, but he was constituted, or, or he bore sin, and he defeated or broke the penalty of sin, which is death. He broke that, and he gave us life. Galatians 3, <coughs> and verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. He did it for us. He did it for you, for me. So the devil, Satan, whatever you want to call him, 
Uh, he was defeated. It makes me want to shout. Man, he was defeated. He was, he was defeated. Why? Because Christ atoned for all. I, I, just, I, I don't ever do this, but I want y'all to say this with me tonight. All sin. All sin. He, he atoned for all of it. Man, I feel good tonight. Does that not make you happy? Nothing was left undone. No rock was left unturned. He atoned for all of it. What do you mean? Past, present, and future. Why? Because His blood still works. God, I got, I got, I got, I ain't never had, I ain't had a Holy Ghost goosebumps in some time. His blood still works. For all who would believe. The, the beauty of Christ. The beauty, think about this. The beauty of the word, the very phrase, whosoever. It applied to Tonda. It, it, it applied to Chris. It applied to Daryl. It applied to me. Whosoever. He didn't care. Listen, what happened has happened. But the moment you said yes, you were a whosoever that believed. And now you are counted righteous. Why? Because you have received the provision. Mm. Woo! I don't know if I'm going to get through this or not, but anyway, we'll see. Verse 35, it said, And some of them stood by when they heard it. It said, Behold, he calls Elijah. It was mockingly said of the religious leaders of Israel, or by. Making fun still. When they heard it, refers to the cry of Jesus. Actually, they were seven sayings of Christ on the cross and I don't, we, 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 can stick, we can speculate what the order was and, and, and we can think that we know and whatever. But in John 19, 26 and 27, he said, Woman, behold your son, behold your mother. In 27, and he also said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. In Luke 23 and 24, uh, Luke 23, 43, said, Verily I say unto you today, you shall be with me in paradise. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, I, I, I wonder what the other thief thought. I mean, could you imagine what uh, he he was going to die? And and it was and, and it, you can take it and you can correlate it with the ten virgins with the with the the oil uh, or lack thereof. But, but what about me? What about you? I am the way. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I will take care of my sheep. And he, sa and, and he, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. And in John 19 and verse 28, he said, I thirst. Referencing, we just we, we read it. We'll hit it in a moment when, when they gave the vinegar to him. And my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he said, also, it is finished. And, and uh, the, the seventh thing is, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. 
So that, that phrase, and one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar, was again probably in response to, I thirst. Whether he ingested that or not, some will argue he did, some will argue he did not. And to me, it does not matter. What I know is that his blood was shed, that he atoned for all sin, and that I'm saved, and I'm covered by that blood that was atoned at Calvary's cross for me. And what I also understand is that victory was afforded right there for me. Whether he did or did not drink of the vinegar makes no difference to me. I'm not going to spend time arguing about it, and I'm not going to research it. Because I can tell you right now, that somebody that's looking for hope, they don't. They, if I told them that Jesus did drink vinegar, that oh well, let me let me run to Jesus. Or if I said he did not, oh okay, if he didn't drink it, then I don't like vinegar. I'm gonna come to Jesus. No, the, the, we can we can spend again. We can miss the forest because of the tree. I'm not gonna stay here, but but and he put it on a reed uh, according to John that was hyssop John 19 and verse 29 uh, this would have been fit, a fitting symbol because hyssop if you remember all the way back in the in the old testament in Exodus hyssop was used they dipped hyssop into the blood and applied it to the doorposts and i can't imagine that he would pull the hyssop away from the mouth of Jesus and it did not come back with blood on it Even when you don't see it, he's working. Good God, Jesus. Yeah, I feel like I could run through the wall, and I probably y'all would die laughing because I'd probably kill myself. But just, he is that good. What you are offering me is sour, and it's, and it's, and it's, it's, it's ill and whatever else, but what you are bringing back to you is life changing my god you bring me your worst and i'll give you my best you bring me your your sickness your sorrow your shame your whining your griping and complaining and i in turn will give you my best my blood still works <laughs> man i'm a, this is pretty good tonight Woo! Lord have mercy. What? Uh, it's, it's a, I don't care. We're going to pretend it's central time. It's 7 o'clock. Hallelujah. We're right on time. Listen, he, 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 he drew it back and, and, and the hyssop in it, and again it touched his lips and no doubt was it stained with his blood. And again, that in type, it was, it was supplied long ago when the blood was applied. And you read over in, in Exodus 12 and 13, and, and, the, and the, at the Passover, he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Verse 37, Jesus cried with a loud voice and he gave up the ghost again. He cried with that loud voice. It was something that was unusual because usually again that, that fail, uh, the voice fails uh, the dying one and more especially that when, when, when natural uh, forces have been weakened by beating and, and, and the, 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 the torture that he endured. Again, he did not die of necessity, but he died voluntarily in accordance with what he himself, what he himself said. And he said that 
in John 10 and verse 18 that no man takes my life from me. But I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. It wasn't a necessity, necessity, but it was voluntarily. I have the power. It didn't go anywhere. Every time you struck me, every time you spit at me, every time you made fun of me, every, every time you pushed down harder on that crown, it never took away my power. But I constrained it because I love you that much while you're torturing me and trying to kill me and beat me and all of those things, I still love you. Think about this. In truth, had he not purposely laid down his life due to the fact that the Lord had not been born of the seed of Adam, he had not been born into sin, he had no sin nature. Yes, he was fully man, but he was sinless. He was not born of the natural Adam. He was born of the Holy Spirit, so his human body would have lived forever and not seeing death. He did it on purpose. And you get here, Lord, we, we, we might, we, here we come. He gave up the ghost and the veil was rent, torn. That veil being rent signified the price had been paid with all sin atoned. And then now the way to the Holy of Holies was opened that man might come in for the veil, veil hid the Holy of Holies. <coughs> He made the way. God dwelt between the mercy seat and the cherubim, or rather, he, he there was supposed to dwell. This room of the Holy of Holies and Herod's temple was empty. Why? Because due to the fact that the Ark of the Covenant had been lost when Nebuchadnezzar desecrated and destroyed Solomon's temple some 600 years early, earlier. So from that time until then, the sacrificial blood had not been laid on the mercy seat once a year on that great day of atonement because it couldn't. So it was fitting because of the sinful rebellion, Israel had forfeited her rights to be led by God and since that time was now led by Gentile powers. But don't you know, he made a way. You're looking for man's way and I'm getting ready to make a supernatural way because now I am what once separated you. What once you had to have somebody do for you, I'm doing it for you. I'm paying the price. I'm making a way. And the veil was rent top to bottom. Immediately, he made a way in access to the Holy of Holies. My God. Now you and I have the privilege to access or approach the throne of grace with confidence. Well, you get that in Hebrews 4 and 16. It tells us that we can do that. Boldly. Boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in time of need. So all of this means the entire price was paid at Calvary with the entire victory there was won inasmuch all sin was atoned for. All of it. Think about this. If there had been one ounce that was not paid for, 
Just one sin, per se, that was not atoned for, that was not paid for. If it, one was left unatoned, Christ could not have risen from the dead. Why? Because Romans 6 and 23 tells us, For the wages of sin is death, but God is greater, and He is more powerful, and He took care of it all. So when Christ said, It is finished, it was finished. I paid for it all. Good. Holy moly. We, why are we trying to add to this? Why are we trying to, why are we trying to help him? He, he paid for it all. Sin is what gave Satan that legal right to hold mankind in bondage. With all sin atoned, that legal right was moved, or at least for those who would believe in Christ. Why? John 3.16 tells us so. So at present, Satan is able to hold man captive only by man's consent. That's why I can't stand to hear somebody, well, the devil's riding my back. Well, tell him he ain't got permission. Off on, old devil. <laughs> what are we doing? Get off of me. You ain't got no business here. Brother, this saddle ain't for you. I ain't giving you consent to ride my back. I'm not giving you consent to, to, to whisper in my ear. Even if they do me dirty, even if they do me wrong, my God says I will not leave you nor forsake you. And though you walk through the river, they shall not overtake you. So I don't care what you say, devil. You don't have authority nor the power to hold me captive. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. You tried to tempt him. You tried to destroy him. You tried to take him out. But what you didn't know is what you did was affording me victory so that I too can walk and trample you under my feet. Oh my God. I don't know why I just feel like kicking. I'm just... To hyped up tonight. I could preach for like another day and a half, right? I'm, I'm just telling you, this is good stuff. But, but think about this. This veil was 60 feet high, 15 uh, feet wide, and they say it was about four inches thick. They say that, 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 that uh, four uh, yoke of oxen couldn't pull this thing apart. But immediately, the devil works subtly, but God works suddenly. I am pleased. I accept the sacrifice. I receive the sacrifice. So now the way has been made. <laughs> my God, my God. It is good, Pastor. That's good stuff. All right. When Jesus spoke, his words were totally like anything anyone had ever previously heard. Above all, everything he did was accompanied by the power of God. And it was in a fashion that never before was experienced. Uh, Mark 15, 41, talking about those who followed him. Uh, and th they never experienced this before. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Christ said in Luke 4 and 18. No wonder they followed him. Why? Because signs and wonders shall follow those who believe. They knew something was going to happen. But yet we sit here today in 2021. We got the Biden blues or whatever you want to call it. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't give a rip who sits in the White House. My God's still on the throne. And he's still changing hearts. He's still saving souls. And the power is still there for me to endure and enjoy. 
Once you have followed Him, once you have been a disciple of Christ, once you have said yes to Jesus, and once you have committed your way to Him, everything else fades into insignificance. As Peter responded, Lord, in John 6, 67-69, he responded, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that you are that Christ, the Son of the living God. But it says in, in verse 41, they ministered to him. Minister what? Listen, we want to place significance on what? The Holy Spirit in this, I believe, is drawing out the importance that nothing is too big nor small. That nothing is, is too great or, or too little. So from this one phrase which the Holy Spirit wanted us to know and remember, we learned that nothing's overlooked in our efforts for the cause of Christ. No one must ever think or believe that their task, no matter how small it may seem, how insignificant it is, all is dear and precious to the heart of God as this right here proclaims. So I want to tell you right now, saint of God, whatever you're doing in the name of Jesus, don't think it's not unnoticed. Don't think that He hasn't seen it. Don't think that He won't reward you. Keep doing it in the name of Jesus. If you're in your prayer closet lifting up your children in the name of Jesus, I promise you one thing. He heard you. Your cry has awoken the Master. Keep doing it. Keep preaching. Keep smiling. Keep, keep witnessing. Whatever it may be. <coughs> but I came here tonight to tell you this. There's still power in that name. The blood is still working. And you may have come into this place tonight, if y'all want to come on up. You may have come in this place tonight bound and chained and tethered down. But the blood that freed me and changed me is still doing it today. So you don't have to leave this place miserable. You don't have to leave this place worried. You don't have to leave this place chained down. Because he's here tonight. He left nothing undone on your behalf. So as I said earlier, what he pours out is dependent upon how you respond. Lord, I receive it all. I receive it all. So tonight, I want you to stand. There's so much preaching. I don't know if I'll be able to sing, but I'm going to give it a whirl. Let's respond as you feel the Holy Spirit drawing you. And let Him pour into your life tonight. Let Him change you.
prison bars because he set us free <laughs> he set us free don't you let the devil lie to you don't you listen to him don't you give in to one ounce of his garbage take him back to this scripture right here and remember when he said it is finished that he atoned for all sin that he left nothing undone why because he rose again that's why the resurrection was never a question. Why? Because Christ said on the cross, it is finished. I encourage you as you go throughout the rest of this week. Man, you know what? I very rarely will ever go back and listen, but I want the Lord to, I, I'm, I'm going to go back and listen again tonight. Not because I preach it. I don't want to hear me, but I want to hear what the Holy Spirit was saying. I need that encouragement. I needed this tonight. I don't know about you, but I needed this. <laughs> God is good. He's always on time. And even at the even at the, 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 the almost the end of your rope, He's still there. He's still there. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be here together with brothers and sisters. Thank you, God. That your work is finished. That your blood still works. That your power is still there. 
Thank you, Lord, for the souls that you have saved. We praise you for the souls that will come to know you this year as Lord and Savior. We thank you, Lord, for strengthening the saint. We thank you, Lord, for healing the sick, for bringing home the prodigals. God, we thank you, Lord. We praise you for the miraculous. Lord, we just praise you and honor your name. We give you the glory. Lord, let us be the light that you've called us to be. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If Sunday night you're planning on being here for the uh, uh, the thing, the Low Country Ball, make sure you got your name out there so we'll know how many people's coming. If you want to give a donation, see Beth, she'll take it. Five tens, twenties, nickels, dimes, pennies, it don't make no difference. And if you want to, if you want to know what you can bring, bring a drink and dessert. If, if you want it, but Sunday night is, we, had, we ain't done this in a while, our food and fellowship, but we, we love you guys, be blessed, and we will see you soon.